Hey, what is going on, my friends? It's Dave Sharp. Welcome to Wake Up Legendary. And we have yet another amazing guest on this morning, all the way from Australia, my friend. She is staying up super late for us um, to join us. And uh, so we can talk about taking back your freedom of time and building a booming online business at the same time. Leah, welcome to the show. Hi, good to meet you, Dave. Hey, good to meet you too. Good to meet you too. How are awesome. you? Uh, I'm great. I'm so good. Welcome to uh, tomorrow. It's uh, technically Friday here in Australia. <laughs> so um, it's what what time? About 10, 10 a.m. on on Friday morning, or what is it there? It's just after midnight here it's in Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not quite twenty four. For some reason, I I thought I visited Singapore, and I thought that they were on the same. I thought that they were a day ahead, but this was many years ago. Thank you for clearing that up. So it's midnight on Friday morning in Australia yes. right now. Okay, that's right. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. So, yeah. um, Leah, what what uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and what led you to legendary. What what were you looking for when you were, or were you looking for anything when you found mm, it? Great question. I was absolutely not looking for anything. <laughs> no, it was uh, summer holidays or Christmas holidays here in Australia. And I was doing what all the parents do, which is watching my kids on the beach and scrolling through my phone. And I came across um, Amelia Lund and was watching her do amazing things on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I was watching her say, oh no, I've quit my nine to five and I'm earning this much money. And I, at first, you know, like everybody thought it was not real. So I followed her for a little while. And after a while I thought, you know what? I'm pretty sure I could do this. This, this girl's figured it out. So I clicked on her link and instantly thought it was a scam yet again. And mm -hmm. my deep dive googling into your name Dave and hopefully she actually got the commission off me sorry Amelia if you didn't <laughs> but yes that's how I found you okay okay so mm. did you discover that it wasn't a scam I mean what talk us through because so many people mm. right now are seeing um you know not only not only content and videos about about us and about our course and about this idea of doing affiliate marketing, but they're also kind of seeing, we're not the only person on the internet who's talking yeah. about doing affiliate marketing, selling courses, selling coaching, selling events. You kind of get online and you realize, gee whiz, there's a lot of people doing this and this has been happening kind of, you know, all around me all this time. What, what helped you realize it wasn't a quote unquote scam? Well, I Googled affiliate marketing to start with and then realized it was a real thing. And I actually reached out to Amelia as well and asked her a few questions, which was really helpful. Um, and eventually I did do, you know, the Googling helped. You know, I, I saw that, you know, there was a large offering of other courses that I could do. And I realized, you know, reading all these pros and cons between, you know, your course and another course, I was like, you know what, no one's going to give me an unbiased opinion I may as well just jump in with my $7. It's worth a latte here in Australia and see where it goes. Um, and I was hooked instantly. I just, I loved it. The veil was lifted and I turned to my husband, John, and I was like, I have found a thing. This is very exciting. 
Now, did you realize that many of the articles that you were reading online and the blogs and the research you were doing was also affiliate marketers who were trying to piggyback off of my name and our company's name and then sell other courses and and things? Yeah, yeah. I I twigged probably like a week later, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people think, I'm going to go figure out what who this Dave Sharp guy is and who – and then – and then they don't realize that by going and doing research on me, they're actually seeing other marketers doing affiliate marketing, selling mm-hmm. their courses, just simply mm-hmm. piggybacking off of my name's keyword. And you exactly. can do that with anybody. I mean, you yeah. you know, that's a great strategy that a lot of people use is trying to rank for certain keywords, whether it be a person, place or a thing. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, great. So uh, what what is your background? Uh, well, I'm in my 40s, so I've had lots of different jobs. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like probably 50% of your audience. I've been a nurse before. <laughs> I um, have been a youth worker and more recently um, in management and leadership. So it's, currently I run a campsite. In okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I get to help people have fun. And I'm not like most people. Like I really love my job and I love the people I work with. Um, but for me it was a a timepiece. It was, you know, I have a really long commute to get to work. I'm there for long hours. I'm on call because I'm the manager. Mm. And it was just sucking so much time from my children. You know, I've got a three-year-old, that's my youngest, and a couple of older ones in school. And I think after six months of doing the job, it was the first time I'd gone back into full-time work after having all my kids. Mm. I could see the toll it was taking on them. And I was like, oh, this is not ideal. Um, yeah, so when when Legendary came up, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is huge. Like, And I think I felt this emotion that I had not felt in a really long time, which was hope. Mm. I, had been, I had been talking to girlfriends and being like, I just have this unicorn dream of motherhood. I, I want to be home. I want flexible work hours. I want to earn a crap load of money. Uh, but I want to be present, you know. I, I want to be able to run my kids to school and take them to appointments and but still use my brain. Like I have all this knowledge in my head and I want to be able to use it. So if someone could just magically make that appear, that would be great. And then mm. poof, there you guys were. So good. I love it. Oh, <laughs> I had to throw the hat on that one. Um, so... You said a unicorn kind of dream or fantasy for motherhood, and mm-hmm. you listed off a couple of things that I I think are not unicorn fantasies at all. Um, I think every every person, every mother, every father, every family deserves mm-hmm. the opportunity to be able to choose with all of the information laid out in front of them the path that they want to take. Now, I'm not familiar of how it works in Australia. But in America, there's pretty much only one path coming out of high school, and that's go right into college and kind of go right into the workforce. Yes. Is it similar over in Australia? And is that yeah, the I mean, path that you followed up, up until this point pretty much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, got, I was a very good girl. I got all the good grades in school. I went and got my nursing degree. Now I went and did my master's in leadership later on in life. And so I've spent a buttload of money on mm. education. So when the opportunity came up to purchase the blueprints, I was like, well, that's a no-brainer. Like something so cheap with so much value, 
why would I not do it? Like, <laughs> let's get, let's get onto this thing. This is amazing. Yeah. I love that perspective because that's the same perspective that I've kind of always had. Uh, and I didn't drop 20, 50, hundred thousand dollars on college, but I know many people that have, and I've talked to many people that have, and I have people in my family that have, mm. um, my stepbrother and stepsister went to college and they actually both have, have great, you know, careers. I don't know yeah. how happy they are between, you know, I mean, they live in different States and we don't have those kind of conversations all that off. They seem pretty happy. They're making good money. But for, for a lot of people that I talk to on a regular basis, I also don't push these things on friends and family. I, I just do no. my own thing and let my friends and family do their thing. And I'm happy for them to, to have a thing. But yeah. here in America, um, it's a pretty one path system. And, yeah. you know, that I've said the same thing that you just said, which is be a good little boy, be a good little girl, get good grades go to graduate high school, go to college, get a job, work 40 mm -hmm. hours a week for 40 years and hope and pray that by the time you're in your 60s or 70s, you're still healthy enough to go and live your retirement, mm -hmm. golden yeah. years, travel the world, all those kind of things that, mm -hmm. and um, I mean, my grandfather passed away at 59 um, and mm -hmm. right after he retired. You know, he had yeah. just retired and never even got a chance to be able to enjoy um, yeah. the, the, yeah. the, 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 the life that he had worked so hard to be able to finally get to. Mm. Um, what is it? I think too, like, like our, our parents' generation too often had yeah. like the boomers had businesses, right? You know, tradespeople, except like my dad's a tradie and had a business. And I remember watching him struggle with that business, you know, it just consumed him body and soul. Like his body is broken. He was a concreter, you know, <laughs> it just wrecked him. And I watched that and I went, if that's business, if that's being an entrepreneur, I don't want anything to do with that. And yeah. so, you know, seeing what legendary allows you to do it, it brought back that hope of, Oh, there is another way, you know, mm. I don't have to sacrifice my entire well being and my life to run a business, you know, yeah. it can be so much better. That's a great point because uh, up until this point, own, owning a business, you're right, could could be and was a back-breaking, um, you know, thing to take on because obviously previous to the invention of the internet, there was no opportunity to be able to mm -hmm. make money online, so yeah. to say. So you had to get out there and get in. And that's exactly what my father did. Um, it's exactly what I did was get into construction and, and work construction. But there was something that you said a few moments ago, you know, I looked at the blueprints and I just, it was so cheap it, because you had an, that's just an interesting perspective because that's the same way that I see education courses mm. from people that I want to learn things from. And, um, why do you think that and even if somebody spent tens of thousands of dollars on a college education that they're not using, they look at that as a legitimate cost, but look at a course online as a scam. Why do you think that that is in our society today? I think it's just learned behavior. I mean, if, if you've only been told one way or one thing, um, that's, that's all you know, and that's okay. You know, you know, you don't know what you don't know when you know what you know, but I think, uh, I think education is priceless. And if it gives you an opportunity for a new lifestyle, why would you not spend that money? It's an investment piece. Uh, you know, I remember working for a company recently where I'd gone from a company that had this 
deep poverty mindset where the the idea of investing in things like systems even was abhorrent to them. But then I went to another company where they're like, well, if we're going to do a great job, let's get the best that we can afford and mm. let's really invest in our people and invest in how we do things and our resources and being around that kind of company or being around those types of people who thought that way was inspiring. It was infectious. And so I left that space going, okay, it's an investment piece. You know, if I'm going to, if I'm really going to have a crack at something, then you go all in, you get the best that you can afford and you go for it. Yeah. So, and really compared to my masters, cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you even give the example of two different companies who have those different mindsets. And it just goes to show the power of how you see things. Some call it your mindset. I think under that umbrella is your perspective and right how, the, how you choose to see things. And that even that sort of kind of a... Uh, you know, that perspective of systems and leverage and technology and things like that are evil or somehow, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, people, I see it. I see it all the time, right? Um, mm -hmm. I see it in watches, right? Like, like mechanical watches were the only thing for a long time. And then all of a sudden the quartz crisis came and then it was like, okay, these are, and then so we got through that mechanical watches still still existed but then apple watches came out and that was the yeah. ultimate digital watch and a lot of the watch heads were like oh only mechanical watches these these you know that's just a, a computer on a bracelet that's not a real watch right and it's like i can understand that i can see mm -hmm. how you could have that perspective and my you know i'm a, a mechanical watch geek but my father just got out of the hospital and he's been wearing an apple i watch that he can just press a button and just get his oxygen stats, get his all his health stats right there. That so is a could be it is right now and and could very well likely be a life saving piece of technology. Yeah. That if like he came out of the hospital and was like, "No, I ain't wearing no Apple Watch. Give me my damn, <laughs> give me my damn Rolex Submariner back," you know, yes. it's like. You know, and here here we are benefiting from this kind of unique piece of technology that, mm. you know, was 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 kind of made for society. And of course, many people have adapted it, but there's some watch heads that may not and, and you know, mm. or some people that may not. I'm not paying nine hundred dollars or whatever it is for a dadgum watch. I can <laughs> my Timex does that. Right. And it's like yeah. just not even understanding all the possibilities of what that piece of technology can do. That's um, right. Yeah. I mean, holding resource is precious. I mean, I even think about the owners of, um, I think it was Kodak, who they had the technology for digital photos and mm -hmm. they chose not to use it because they were making so much money from film, mm -hmm. from physical film. And I just, I think about that, <clears throat> pardon me, and I'm like, what a waste. Like you were so scared to take action on something that you missed that booming business, you know? And so this is Jeez, That's a powerful story. I, I'm not quite sure I'd heard that in that way before about Kodak and, and them having mm -hmm. that. You said Kodak was the one who had the digital technology and yeah. they didn't use it. Yeah, and they, they didn't use it. They had out. it and they yeah. could have used it. Yeah. 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 So well, you know, I look at that and I go, you can have all the tools, but if you don't use it, like if you don't put it out there, then if you yeah. let fear control you, yeah, 
big. So talk to us a little bit about, I mean, you're well-educated, you're, you've got a medical background, you're in leadership or in management right now. Talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about, you know, I see some questions in the, in the, in the chat. Does the blueprints give the how and what, um, you, you know, all, a lot of kind of questions around, um, you know, what's in our education. I mean, even those of you who have not gone through the challenge, you know, I, I truly encourage you to go through it and just experience it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the blueprints, I mean, um, just so you all know, you know, thousands and thousands of people have purchased the blueprints and we have tons of success stories and, you know, how I position the education is that you're going to get out of it what you put in. I mean, it's not, you're not going to buy it and, a magic easy button appears on your computer screen that you get, you just kind of hit it and all of a sudden commissions start falling out of the sky. There is a learning process and there is a certain discipline that you have to have to at the very least consume the education, right? Go through it. And, yes. and, then, and then what I've realized is that I don't actually know something just because I heard somebody else say it. Mm-hmm. I know it when I can apply it. What has it been like for you to go through this learning process, be new Mm -hmm. at something again? And, um, and, and, and how do you view going through this course and making something out of it? What is your responsibility? What is the course's responsibility? Can you talk a little bit about how you view that? Oh, stop me talking about this. This is so exciting. I, I love learning. Um, you know, I've, I constantly am doing courses. My husband's like, just take a break, please, for the love of God, just stop for, like, just give us a little break from learning. Anyway, so, you know, come the 15-day challenge, for example, you know, it's, it's so easy, it's so accessible, it's so self-paced. And, you know, doing the learning in there, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm taking notes and I'm writing down my questions so that when I'm meeting with my business plan advisor, I'm going in prepared. Uh, I'm making sure I'm understanding everything. If I don't get it, I'm Googling it. I'm looking it up because if it's the opportunity that I think it is when I'm going through that 15-day challenge, I'm going to make sure I grab it with both hands. And so I just I think learning is such a wonderful responsibility that everybody has. And I think if you can turn it into a discipline, then you are set for life. You are set for life. There is nothing that you cannot learn. I mean, in in leadership training, you know, when we talk about recruiting people, you know, you recruit for character often because you can teach someone anything. Like skills can be taught. And so I think lots of people get nervous when they jump into the challenge or they jump into the blueprints and they think, oh, it's too much or I'm not techie or, you know, what do I do? Where do I start? And just like take a deep breath. Nothing is unfigureoutable. There is so much resource at Legendary where if you feel stuck, just ask a question. Go to the community. I want to do a big shout out to Tim who is on there. My gosh, that man is a gem. I think you need to start handing out um, medals for community support. He should get one. Um, (laughs) Gold gold medal for Tim. Gold medal for Tim. Um, So there's a great community. There is, you know, the tech support that Legendary has. But equally, you are a person with autonomy and power and the ability to look things up. You don't 
have to go to somebody else all the time, you know. So take responsibility for your learning and look at it as an adventure. Like I have loved diving into the blueprints because I really enjoy sucking at things, <laughs> which sounds weird, I know. But, you know, I sucked at building funnels. I didn't even know what a funnel was when I started. I didn't know what email autoresponders were. And so I sat there and I read through it or I watched the, the video and I implemented it at the exact same time. I pause the video, I click the buttons that they tell me to click, and then I do, you know, back, forth, back, forth, and then I look at the thing and I go, ah, voila, it worked. Look at that. If it didn't work, I went back and I rewatched the video. Some videos I rewatched 10 times, and that's okay. I have a master's in leadership, and I rewatched videos on funnels 10 times. It's okay, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's no, there's no shortcuts to success. There's no shortcuts to success. Um, I, I'm hearing, that's what I'm hearing you say. That's what I've learned also along the, along the path is that I'm not going to sit outside of the course or I'm not going to sit outside of the community or I'm not going to sit outside of the, the football field, or I'm not going to sit outside of the baseball field, or I'm not going to sit outside of the gymnasium, or I'm not going to sit in my car outside of the gym and get results. No. I'm, I'm not going to sit outside of the gym and go, man, I, I wonder, I wonder what kind of machines they got. I wonder if it's really <laughs> worth it. You know, I wonder if, if I wonder if I'm going to get results. I wonder if yeah. I'm going to get results. I wonder how much weight I'm going to lose. I wonder how much muscle I'm going to, I wonder if it's a scam. I wonder if yeah. the gym's a scam. You know, nobody, we don't do that, right? Mm. Most of us just don't go do it, right? We just, yeah. we don't go do it. And that's okay. It's yeah. okay if you don't do something. It's okay if you don't want to go to the gym. It's okay if you don't want to go through the challenge, go through the blueprints. It's okay if you don't want to do anything. Like nobody's making, that's the cool thing about life is that that's nobody's it. making us do anything. But what I've learned along the the the, the journey is that, it's I'm just wasting my own time if I'm kicking the can outside of the gym door. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wasting my life if I'm like, and what mm -hmm. I've learned a lot about if I want to make that more practical for everybody is my indecisiveness has kept me broke and frustrated. My indecisiveness, my inability to make a decision. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, we joke about this a lot in society, like how the guy, you know, asks the girl, well, where do you want to go to for dinner or the, the vice versa? Right. Where do you want to go for dinner? Like we joke mm -hmm. about that. But mm -hmm. the truth is, is that we, um, you, you know, as new entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs at the beginning struggle mm -hmm. with that being decisive and making a decision. And the second thing that I believe that most people that I experience most people really having a challenge with is forming their own opinions. They mm -hmm. want to take everybody else's beliefs. They want to take everybody else's opinions. They want to take everybody else's experience. How have you and how do you view meeting a new, it's kind of like meeting a new person, right? It's like, mm -hmm. how do you, you know, you can either take some, what somebody else said, that guy's a real asshole, right? Or that guy's a real jerk, right? <laughs> or you can go and meet that person and form your own opinion. Obviously you saw a lot of things about legendary. Obviously you still hear a lot of things just about any topic you want on the internet. Mm -hmm. How are you, how are you, and how do you view the things that I'm talking about forming your own opinions 
and getting in there and gaining your own experience versus taking somebody else's opinion. This is, I guess, how do you blend self-learning with mentorship and how much weight do you put on yourself mm -hmm. to try and figure it out with guidance? And how much are you looking for mentors and what specific roles do you believe mentors play in your life or, or can play in your life? Mm, well, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, personally, I believe 90% of it is is yourself. It's it's you taking responsibility for forming your own opinions, whether that's doing research, whether that's meeting the person, you know, and meeting the person might mean doing the challenge or it might mean purchasing something or doing a course. Um, but you're not going to know unless you actually do it. You know, I see lots of people writing comments about Legendary who haven't actually done Legendary before. Um, and I'm like, well, how would you know that? Or, you know, have you spoken to someone who's done it themselves or are you just assuming? Um, and I think, you know, we can make a lot of mistakes when we assume things about people or places or events or courses that we haven't yeah. experienced ourselves. Um, yeah, sorry, I've missed the second part of the question that you said there. Well, let's 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 backtrack back for a second because I I see some some um, some identification and relation uh, relating with the indecision point that I made a second ago, mm. about, and, and I saw some reaction from you there as well. Can you speak on the the uh, you know your experience with being decisive? How do you how have you become more decisive, and how do you view making decisions about your business? Well, look, I, I feel like this is a little unfair. I think I am naturally a decisive person um, and that can have blessings and curses. <laughs> I think I'm a, you know, I'm a quick decision maker. Does that mean I always make the right decision? Absolutely not. But I make a decision. I commit to something. And if I make a mistake or if I get it wrong, then I deal with the consequences of that. But many times I also get to deal with the blessings of that as well. Yeah. I think... Um, fostering or growing that ability to be a healthy decision maker comes with practice you know it might mean that you need to develop yourself in some way whether that's great at getting a great book about um, decision making or you know developing yourself as a person whether that's building confidence in who you are and understanding your why so if you know your values and you know why you're doing something then decisions become really easy so mm. I know for me, I have like top five values that yeah. my husband and I work through. Would and if we make a decision in our life and it doesn't align with those values, then either we're lying to ourselves or something's wrong in our lives. And so, and we need to make an adjustment. So I think values are huge, really important. Um, and so if you maybe are sitting here and thinking, oh, I don't even know what my values are, then I would strongly encourage you to sit down and just start brainstorming like, what do I really value in life? And everyone has really different values. So mm -hmm. for us, it's family, health, um, our faith in God. You know, so everyone's going to have really different ones and those things are going to inform the decisions that you make. And it just takes so much of the stress and the worry out of it because when you put a decision up against those kinds of things, it's really plain. Mm -hmm. It's really obvious if something's going to be healthy for you or not. And so if you're looking at a dis if you're looking at something in front of you 
and you have two choices, for example, because that's what a decision usually is. It's a choice between two or more things. Then how you and your husband are evaluating, but, but even you specifically as the CEO of your own company are evaluating things, saying to yourself something like, well, which one more supports me being closer and spending more quality time with my family, right? Yeah. That's a great we, example. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, it might mean, you know, if I'm wanting to take back my time and I'm wanting to earn a certain amount of money online, I'm going to invest a certain amount of money on my education so that I can attain that goal, so that I can align with that value that I have. So if I say I value health, for example, but I'm working a nine to five, I'm in my car constantly, and I don't have time to even go for a walk in the day or eat healthily, then it means that my life is not aligned with the value that I have. And I need to make changes so that I can get that value back into my life again. Here's an interesting question. At least it is to me. What do you think happens to us when we don't behave in alignment with our values? For example, if a huge value is or a top value is family and health, mm -hmm. for example, and, 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 and we don't pursue things that are in alignment or that best get us in a position to be able to make those a priority. Mm. What do you think that does to us? And what has that done to you? I mean, is spending time in the car away from the fit. Can yeah. you talk to us about the misalignment of your values and articulate that in your own experience, which is clearly mm. the catalyst of why you're doing this? Yes. But can you talk to us about how you've you felt in misalignment with those values? Not that it's your job's fault or anything else like that, mm -hmm. because they're clearly I'm sure your job is a great business providing a great service. But for you personally, mm -hmm. just just in the spirit of helping people come up with and get a head start on make getting clear on their values and beginning to evaluate their life to see mm -hmm. if their actions are in alignment with those values. What are some of the signs that might be happening if you, your values are not in alignment with your actions? Yeah, great question. Um, well, I think for me personally, there is this restlessness that I have within myself where um, things just aren't sitting right. And I know that sounds quite vague, but it's a bit of a vibe, really, you know, where you feel dissatisfied with how you're living at the time. Mm. Uh, and sometimes it's a really obvious thing. So, you know, as let's go back to the health thing, for example, that's a big thing for me. Like I am struggling with my health because I get up at five in the morning. I have three kids. So I call it the, the three shifts. You know, I have my morning shift. <laughs> I have my work shift and then I have the evening shift with the kids and, right. you know, they don't often go to sleep until nine o'clock at night. And so finding that window to exercise or to meal plan or to create a healthy dinner for my family is incredibly difficult and it's frustrating. I feel, I feel really sad many days and I feel like I'm chafing at the bit, like there's some piece of clothing on me that's rubbing the wrong way and or like when you have crumbs in your bed and you get that itchy feeling all over you and you're like, this doesn't fit right. It's not fitting with what I want. I feel uncomfortable and I don't like where I am. Yeah. And I think lots of people can resonate with that feeling of dissatisfaction. Yeah, man. Wow. I, 
I hope you're talking about that out there. This is this is powerful. What that right there, what you just described and and how you said that was so relatable to I believe so many people. Would you comment if that was relatable? What Leah just what Leah just um, went over and 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 talked about. Uh, I want you to I want you to 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 just comment and let us know if you can identify with that because I I haven't. I haven't felt that way about my, you know, my, my job per se in, mm -hmm. in a long time, but my God, I, I, I mean, over the last 12 years, there's been plenty of things that I have done that haven't been in alignment with my values and I've had to make an adjustment or I suffer, mm. you know, and, um, I think sometimes too, there's a numbing piece. Like if you go against your values too much and for too long, um, it can deaden, I think, a part of you, mm. um, which can that can leave a mark. I think so. Yeah. Um, whether it's you know, sorry, say again. And difficult to recover from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and sometimes I think you can forget who you are, or forget the dreams that you had, or forget the values that you thought were important, because sometimes it feels like those values are just too hard to attain for. They feel too far off in the distance. Like I want those things for my life, but they're just too hard. And so I'm going to give up on them. And I think the biggest byproduct of that is we lose hope. Um, and that can be deadly, I think, for our souls, for our spirits, for our minds, for our bodies. And that's where I think apathy and depression and anxiety can come in. Um, and I'm not poo-pooing any of those things. So I've experienced those things before. So it's my husband. Um but yeah, I think when we're not aligned with our values, our mental health suffers. Mm. You're speaking to souls right now, sister. <laughs> You're speaking to souls right now, you know. Mm. So you're you're feeling some hope right now. You're I am some hope right now. I and am, now yeah. As soon as I did the challenge, hope ignited. And I was like, this is it. And so I have this gritty determination within me like you know as I said I have long days you know I have kids and so I can't I want to give every moment of my day to affiliate marketing but I just don't have that luxury at the moment and so I give what I can I do maybe an 30 minutes in the morning or 30 minutes in the evening um, you know I might only post once or twice a day but I make sure it's a good post I make sure I think about it. I have a strategy. I have a plan. Um, I look at my analytics. I, I think about who I'm talking to and I am constantly reviewing my content and making sure that it's the best it can possibly be because with such a short window, I have to maximise that time that I have. And if I can do it on the amount of time that I have, <laughs> anyone can do it. Well, I got the comments are just thank you all for, you know, responding back. So honestly, um, it, it's just really a powerful thing when you get into a judgment free zone of identification. Um, mm -hmm. It's a powerful healing experience and mm -hmm. it is also a inspirational and hopeful experience. Mm. Um, yeah, I first experienced that in the rooms of recovery and treatment and things oh. like that when I was getting clean from heroin back in 2008. Um, 
and, and even before that I had tried to get clean before that and was unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. um, so I first was introduced in 2004. I mean, I love how you gloss over that, but just even that journey of recovery is massive. Like I can't even imagine the determination it must have taken for you to do that. That's huge. Well, it's the same determination. But what I've realized is that it's the same determination it takes to do anything. Yeah. It really is. I mean, yeah. it's well, a, anything it's a, you care deeply about. Well, sure. And anything that's worth a dang, because mm -hmm. anything that's worth a dang is going to be hard. Okay. So whether you're getting clean from drugs or alcohol, whether you're um, getting over a, a relationship that maybe was something that, that just you know, didn't end up the way you wanted, or maybe it was an abusive or hurtful relationship. It's the same thing as starting a business. It's all of these things are really hard. Raising kids, staying, you know, doing the three shifts that you're doing right now, and then trying to start another business. I mean, it's hard just to exist in life, honestly. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I stopped doing like when I was earlier in my career, I did a lot of like kind of lifestyle fantasy post where I would post my like best picture for the day. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I stopped doing that personally just because I realized life is hard, man. Like life is hard. It's not a highlight reel. It's it's and so I'm I'm using my platform now in different ways to try to talk about things that can help people feel seen and feel mm. understood and feel included instead of excluded. Um, yeah. And, but, like you know, but it's, it's hard to get clean from drugs. It's hard to start a business. Um, it's hard to stay married. It's hard to raise kids and anything. And here's the other thing is that you can do anything half, half ass, or you can do something with your full, you know, effort. Mm. I've also realized that is that, you know, starting a business like what you're doing right now, what, what I've done mm -hmm. and what all of you here who are doing and taking action on these goals that you have are doing, starting a business with real effort and, and zeal and determination and grit, as you said, what mm -hmm. that's a, that's not easy. It's not easy to do. I, I'd like to just backtrack on that word that you use, because this is also a word that I've used to describe myself in the past that I feel like I have grit. And I actually mm -hmm. feel like, because I don't have any college education, I don't even have a high school diploma. Mm -hmm. um, so it's certainly not my massive experience in corporate America or in any sort of college or education system that's helped me to be successful. It's been really yeah. that grit of mm -hmm. being able to you know, outwit, outlast, outplay people, mostly just outlast, mostly just yes. stay here and not quit. How do yeah. you define grit and what does that mean in this situation? Oh, grit. Look, I'm sure there's a really wonderful definition that belongs in a book somewhere. But I think to me, grit is like a steely determination that has, I think I picture like, um, a precious metal that's come out of a crucible like it's 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 felt the fire it's felt hardship and it's come out the other side refined and ready and better for it and i think grit describes someone who has been through those kinds of experiences and still chooses that path despite the pain and the hardship that they've been through knowing that there's probably going to be more to come mm. yeah, yeah. But I think it comes back to mindset stuff, doesn't it, though? Like, mindset's huge. And I like what you said about the 
you know, the outlasting piece. I mean, really, it's something that you guys talk about a lot. It's, you know, don't give up. Just don't give up. That's it. <laughs> well, I wish it, it sounds very simple. I really do wish it wasn't that simple. I wish mm -hmm. it was more complicated and we could, you know, I could be up on a chalkboard or something drawing equations and, you know, really wowing people with my intelligence and, and you know, wow, this guy's really figured out some unique formula in internet marketing and building businesses and all that. But the truth is, is that I haven't. I haven't. I, I, I've just really realized that as you as you've just said and pretty much every other guest on this show has said is that not giving up, being consistent, it really it really is the secret to becoming successful at anything. I mean, yeah. if you're a a watchmaker, if you're a if you're a plumber, if you're a I mean, nobody just goes right into management. If you do, you're probably a crappy manager. You know, yeah. you've got to learn how to be someone who can be, who has the humility to be managed. You know what That's I mean? Right. You know? Yeah. And so, um, it's, it's, uh, there's, 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 there's really a, there's really a, a process to this, um, of, of being consistent and not giving up that for some reason just works. Now, here's my caveat to that. Mm. If you've been doing something for like a year or two, mm. and you're just, you're just not, it's not that you're not getting any results, but if you're not creating any results, because mm. the world just doesn't give you results just for nope. saying, you know what I mean? Like it's like, you gotta oh, get out I, there. <laughs> I, I showed up to the gym 30 days in a row. I've got, and this is kind of what we, we see. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm on the gym analogy quite a bit this morning. Um, it works, <laughs> but I, I see people say, well, I've been posting for 30 days and I, you know, that, and it's like, well, hmm. maybe you're, vi and I'm not, I'm just, this is the school of hard knocks entrepreneurship. So just hmm. forgive my, my candidness, but I mean, maybe your content sucks. You know, oh, maybe yeah. it needs to get better. You my know? content was El Crapo for the first month. Yeah. Mine was too. Rubbish. <laughs> my content still sucks sometimes. I mean, we put out videos. We I do things that just flop, and I'm like, oh, did anybody see that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, holy shit. I hope nobody's all that. Let me just sweep it <laughs> under the rug and keep going. It's kind of like, well, yeah. that didn't work. Um, yeah. are you are you realizing a lot in entrepreneurship? There's no defined result that if you do x you're going to get y and how do you oh, accept yeah. that absolutely how um, do you accept that uncertainty i guess in of of testing things and having the mentality that i'm going to mm -hmm. test this to see if it works for me versus needing a guarantee that there's going to be a certain result if i post a certain amount of videos how mm -hmm. do how do you embrace the uncertainty of the fact that it could flop but it also could go to the moon yeah, that's a great question. I think um, for me, I think it's sitting in those feelings. So I think when you're doing things and all of a sudden you notice a feeling that comes up. So it might be I've posted a video and I and I thought it would go viral, let's say, mm -hmm. and it doesn't. So when that feeling comes up, whether it's frustration or sadness or whatever, it's paying attention to that feeling and going, okay, why do I feel that feeling? And understanding, oh, maybe I had some really unrealistic expectations one month in or three months into this business you know so i think sometimes we can experience an emotion get carried away with it and not pay attention as to why we're having it mm. so looking at that emotion and going why am i feeling the way i'm feeling 
is it valid? Um, what do I need to do about it? You know, maybe it's just I sit in that sadness or that frustration and go, hmm, that was frustrating. What am I going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. So, for example, you know, I, like I said, my content was crap for the first month and then I found a bit in the training that I had missed and uh, it, was a, it was a video with Matt and it was a great strategy piece and all of a sudden I had a much better strategy and my content improved and one of my videos went viral, you know, it went up to 8 million views, my TikTok went up to 35,000 followers and a week later I lost it, it was gone. <laughs> Which, you know, and so I had my day of grief mm. and, um, but I knew it was gonna happen. So, you know, I had done enough of the training to hear that TikTok was fickle and it was likely going to be gone. And so I said, okay, what did I learn from this? What did I learn from something going viral? That was very overwhelming. And then getting all those followers and then losing it. What did I learn from that? What I learned was it works. The mm -hmm. strategy works. And so I could have come away from that experience thinking, oh, this is crap. Things don't work. TikTok sucks etc etc instead i came away thinking okay that was a great test run now i know the strategy works and i can build upon it i can do something a little bit different next time so that my videos don't keep getting banned fyi i'm onto my third tiktok but that's okay <laughs> so and yeah. should have should have backups and and yeah 100 yeah I mean, we don't own these platforms we just get to rent them every day for absolutely free so just right. keep, keep that in mind it's it's sort of like um you know well you maybe you lost an account but you also didn't didn't pay for it it didn't cost you anything and you, yeah. you, you most likely got a lot of gain out of that before for yeah. some reason it got flagged banned you know yes. temporarily this is just part of the game ad accounts get disabled accounts mm -hmm. sometimes we lose them but we have to make sure to use social media and not let social media use us. I love that you embrace the feeling of grief and disappointment which is a feeling that I felt hundreds of thousands of times over the <laughs> journey of 12 years of doing this. Um, anger, rage sometimes when mm -hmm. I'm sitting there building out a keynote presentation, 200 slides mm -hmm. in and my power goes out or something and I forgot to save it. Um, yeah. Feelings of wanting to throw my computer out the window. Feelings of wanting to, um, you know, cuss somebody out, feelings of wanting to find somebody to blame, feelings of wanting mm. self-pity, uh, feelings yeah. of feeling sorry for myself, feeling like I'm victim. Yeah. All of these yeah. things are totally normal feelings. Yes. Yeah. Totally They're not bad. Normal. They're not bad. They're not yeah. bad. And a lot of times we hear gurus, the real motivational ones, the ones that don't usually run companies, but just, but just mm. do our motivational speakers. They tell us about things like, um, you know, just snapping out of it or just, you know, not having those feelings or how to not have those feelings. But I've but I, but I've realized that those feelings are going to come whether I say they can come or not. And yeah. so I need to learn how to manage them. And yes. um, I think your 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 point a few moments ago about numbing ourselves out is a mm -hmm. is a is a potential um, trap for a lot of us because if our default is in our current life that we may not be totally happy with to numb out, 
Well, if mm. we're, you know, by going and getting drunk or getting high or scrolling or watching porn or going, there's a million things that we all as human beings use to just numb out and not deal with the present moment. Um, and, and, uh, and instead when that comes up, um, to go on a walk and be like, wow, this is what it feels like to, um, be disappointed. This is what yeah. it's like to be angry. This is what it's mm -hmm. like to be rageful. This is what it's yeah. like to be sad. This is what it's like, all that. Mm -hmm. And and then turn that mess into a message. This is my entire marketing strategy over the last 12 years is, mm -hmm. and I've been, you know, I started out sober. So I had to, I had to, you know, I was sober back in 2008, nine when I started this. So I was, you know, <laughs> I, I I did have to face everything yeah. and my feelings, but I, mm -hmm. I would, I would, um, I learned to, to manage those feelings and turn those emotions, not into self-loathing or not mm -hmm. pile on. I think a lot of times we stuff those feelings and they add to that big bag that we feel like we're carrying around all the time. But That's instead, it. when I had a disappointing or really frustrating situation, um, I would, I've, I've, and I don't always do it perfectly, but I've learned to embrace it and, and to, into, um, find the silver lining, yes. find the teachable thing from it, find yes. what I can share with others that I learned from, and then mm -hmm. communicate that because then mm -hmm. I'd be able to process that and actually, and actually, um, emote a little bit, right? I'd mm -hmm. actually be able to get some of that. Yeah, it's coming from a real go, place. I would go create content and I would mm -hmm. talk about it. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'd get passionate and I'd turn that rage into passion <laughs> on video and, you know, get excited <laughs> about, you know, maybe even take some of that frustration out on, you know, the college system or my old job or whatever, you know, just, but channel that emotion and process it in a productive way that yeah. then contributed back to my business through yeah. more marketing content. Um, mm. That's been my personal experience with what you just laid out so beautifully. Um, mm. It sounds like you're you're on the path to kind of doing similar things. Or, or yeah, I mean, look, I, I look at, you know, I have feelings of inadequacy and I have feelings of frustration, you know, that I haven't made a million dollars in four months, you know, <laughs> like the amazing Chelsea and the amazing- Understood, Dave. understood. Yeah, like everyone has that feeling. Yeah. I'm sure every person in the chat right now feels frustrated that they don't have a million dollars maybe. Um, and that's okay. But I think what we all need to understand is we're on our own journey. We're doing our own thing. And sometimes, you know, you're going to have the same mistakes over and over again if you're not taking that time to reflect. You know, I had an amazing boss one time who said, you know, an, a moment unreflected is a moment lost. And sometimes if we're rushing for the win, we're rushing for the goal, we're missing the lessons along the way. And so having that moment to sit down and go, okay, whether it's a failure or a win, whatever it is, reflecting over it and going, what did I learn? Because you don't want to have to relearn those things over and over again. Take the time to sit down and learn it and apply it and make it better. Yeah. So, yeah. A um, couple of questions I just wanted to take from the audience. How do you deal with negative people out there online? And how do you deal with <laughs> negative people in general? I guess there could also potentially be some negative people in your in your real life. I'm not sure. But mm. how, how do you start? With, how do you deal with negative people on the Internet who may be making nasty comments or or I mean, 
how do you field those questions and how do you determine mm -hmm. when to answer it or when to block? That's a great question. I think if it's offensive, so usually people are swearing at me online, it's a delete and block. It's just a no brainer for me. Um, if they're, I think oftentimes people, when they are being negative online <clears throat> and it's coming from a genuine place, usually it's coming out of fear. And so I look at that and I go, they're afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid it's a scam or they're afraid um, that it's real. <laughs> right. And so uh, I try and be gentle and authentic with the people. You know, sometimes people will write trashy comments on my thing and I'll be like, you know, sometimes when I'm in a bit of a sassy mood, so I'm like, right, thank you for the boost to my algorithm, you know. Um, <laughs> other times I'll be like, okay, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, you know. if It depends, you know, what mood I'm in. Yeah, other sure. times I'll ignore it. Um I mean, that's online stuff, but really most of the time I'm a delete and block type person. But if they're voicing genuine questions or concerns, I try and leave it there. Um, you don't have to engage with every piece of comment or material that people put on your stuff. Mm -hmm. You are under no obligation to do that. And so many times I just don't. I leave it. They can have their, you know, I had on my viral video, I had a whole chain of people just talking about my Australian accent and how they couldn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> like 47 comments long but boosted the heck out of the video so i'm not going to take that down i'm not going to delete it you guys can talk about my accent as much as you want <laughs> I, you, people, so, people people are just you it's know. hilarious but you know everyday life if you've got negative people in your life i mean i think that comes down to boundaries doesn't it so you have boundaries in the way you would work as an entrepreneur and you, you know, think ahead. What am I going to do when I experience a negative comment or something like that on my content? Mm. How do I want to deal with that? And so when it comes up, you already have a plan. Execute the plan, done. Mm. If it's someone in real life, maybe you've got a toxic relative or a inappropriate workmate. There are boundaries there. There are places and people you can talk to. And at the end of the day, you don't have to talk to people at all if you don't want to. You don't have to accept the premise of their conversation. You don't have to take on their baggage. You can just say, thank you, goodbye. <laughs> you don't have to have the argument. You don't have to enter into the conversation. You are in charge of your own life. I love that. Well said. Beautifully said. Um, I, I, uh, I, I wonder if some of you who really get um, triggered by negative comments and they, and they really send you into a, you know, a, a spiral or a tailspin or really kind of throw you off for the entire day. I wonder, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not part of that. I could be part of that some days. I mean, I'm a human being, something that somebody says could throw me off. I'm not, you know, um, I'm not, I guess I'm not the guru that some gurus are. I still got a lot of just regular blood flowing through these, well, these you're a human being dave it's okay <laughs> i know i know you is um and i wonder if some of you or some of us who have those kind of dilemmas can um can as you said create a plan create a plan that where you have at least in the beginning where you have kind of a set couple of options to choose from in terms of a response. If somebody's being negative, I mean, you're usually going to get a lot of the same comments. I mean, this is one of the things yeah. that I've found in 12 years. When you pick a niche, 
and you and you and you have a message, there's usually going to be common things that people say. People are very uninventive. (laughs) Very, they're very predictable. They're very predictable. I mean, the questions that we see, you know, we see people in the comments here. Hey, anybody bought the blueprints? Hey, what funnel builder do you go with? Hey, you know, it's a lot of the same questions and we don't blame you all for having those questions. You're new, you're a new person in this situation, but just know that thousands of people before you have also asked that question and they've been all right. And most of them have what I, what I, uh, um, what I encourage all of you to do is, is again, go through, get that experience yourself. If you're choosing between two funnel builders, mm-hmm. uh, log in and take a free trial of each one of them. Play around with them. That's right. Choose which Best one. way to learn. Play with the technology. Yeah, choose which one feels more comfortable in your hands or in, in the, you know, in with, for you. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I wonder if 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 you can those of you who really are thrown off by negative comments can create some just very simple canned responses that you just respond kind of like you just gave a couple of examples. Hey, thanks so much for your comment. It really boosted the algorithm. I mean, if you wanted to be sassy, it, you know, or um, hey, you know, that's a great question. Um, I cover that in my lives. I do lives Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at eight p.m. Come join us. Like, you know, there's ways to be, to answer questions. And this is what I think we all need to figure out how to do is, yes, we're all, the the, the role here is to serve people and help people. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you're the business and you need to do what's in the best interest of the business, yeah, right? That's great. I like that. You, you can't do what's in the best interest of the customer if it hurts the business, right? Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. customer's not always right. The customer is just not, no, that doesn't mean that I have to disrespect and fight with the customer. Cause if I'm doing that, then we're all losing. But yeah. if, if the customer is, um, you know, I can't sit here and, and, and answer everybody's negative comments or respond to everybody's critical or abusive comments and think that there's still going to be mental and emotional space for me to be able to be productive and creative and hopeful and serve mm. the people that actually deserve my attention. Mm. And so, not a great use of your time either. Like if no, you've got other comments that are needing to be addressed, totally. certainly not putting priority to the negative ones, they can wait. <laughs> Without a doubt. And that really goes back to the boundaries that you were even talking about having in your regular life. Like mm-hmm. one of the biggest discoveries that I realize as an adult is that I don't know anybody an explanation. Nope. You can just say no, period. Done. And they can keep talking and I can just say, I'm mm-hmm. going to excuse myself now. The mm-hmm. worst thing that I have, have had a tendency to do is when somebody does something hurtful, do mm-hmm. then have a big hurtful reaction back and try mm-hmm. to hurt them worse than they hurt me. And yeah. guess who ends up staying hurt? Yeah. Me. I stay frustrated. I stay angry. And mm-hmm. so learning how to have those boundaries. We'll wrap up here in a moment. We're running over the hour, and I want to be respectful of your time. It's 1 a.m. in the morning there. Thank you so I'm much. loving this conversation. It's lots Thank of fun. Thank you so much for staying <laughs> up with us. How do you create boundaries in your home, in your physical space, and with your family now that you have introduced something Mm. new into mommy and wife's and, you know, they didn't ask you to do this, although they may want you to be home more and they might Mm. 
they will definitely enjoy the benefits and fruits of your labor. But this is something that you're choosing to do. But you you simultaneously need their support, but mm -hmm. also you need them to give you space. So how are you navigating setting these boundaries while also asking for their support within your That's home? That's a great question. Yeah, I think well, I think part of that was just learning and growing with the process. You know, starting to understand what was required of me. So you know, as things start to pick up, you know, you start to get more comments and you start to have more emails and there are more things that are demanding your time and I'm I'm a worker like I don't think it matters what I'm doing I'm, I enjoy work mm. and so if anything I think too much so for me you know having boundaries is really important because otherwise mummy can be on her phone with little three-year-old saying mummy come play with me and all of a sudden I'm out of alignment in that value of family and and time quality time with them so I try and do it in the evenings. It's uh, once the kids are in bed, that's when I'm doing content. That's when I'm answering uh, comments and DMs and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I'll do it really early in the morning uh, if the kids are getting ready for school and, you know, my three-year-old's eating breakfast and no one needs me in that moment. I might be doing a little bit of work then. So, but really, right. that's it. How did you approach your husband who I'm <laughs> sure wants your time and want yes, to be with you and and how did you communicate that to your spouse who in in some cases a spouse could be afraid that oh my gosh she's starting something else i'm not going to get my needs met how mm -hmm. how have you talked with him and assured him that he's still a priority and you are going to pursue what you're pursuing yeah, that's a great question. I think if anything, we've we've swung a little bit like a pendulum. So it's been very much trial and error. So I think where we've landed, though, is, you know, once the kids are in bed, we've talked about having just some time for him and I in the evening. So he, he has to get up really early for work. So he goes to bed quite early. So that's at an hour or so in the evening. That's us time. You know, that's where we get to talk and connect. Um, and similar, you know, we have chunks of time on the weekend as well. Um, what we call family adventure time, where I'm not on the computer, I'm not on the phone, we are engaged as a family. Um, because, yeah, it was certainly creeping in in the evenings initially. Um, and so that was a conversation we had to have where he's like, mm, uh, do I ever get to see you anymore? <laughs> so, you know, and that's just how it is, you know, you started something new, yeah. still got full-time job having to bring in a business you know there's going to be that time where it's big and messy and you know with the hope and the you know the goal that eventually that's going to drop away and that's going to then come into middle of the day when he's at work and all of a sudden there'll be a lot more time free yeah, yeah. and i without a doubt know that you two are going to be and you as a family are going to be doing lots of things together and oh and i can't wait i have so many plans i'm sure you do what piece of advice to bring this in for a landing would you give yourself mm. knowing what you know now back when you started mm. i would say to myself it's worth doing the mindset work at the start I had a big fear of other people judging me if I left Christian ministry work. Um, so doing that work early, I think I would remind myself that's important. Uh, and 
I think the other piece would be set your boundaries a little earlier. <laughs> but really, you know, I already jumped in whole hog. So I would just say, go, go, go get it, girl. Get on it. <laughs> and, you learn got it. and learn as you go. Learn as you go. That's it. Click, pause, click, pause. <laughs> I, so many of us feel that it has to be perfect before we start and that everything has to be in order and everything has to be perfectly aligned and um that's just uh i don't even know that that happens in the movies i don't know where we get the idea of that but that perfectionism and that kind of feeling you know like um well i'll start tomorrow i'm not ready yet and all that it's it's just a a feeling that plagues us all yeah well yeah it was the fear the fear piece for me was big so having my face on social media and doing something so very different to what I do for a job. I was worried about judgment. So Absolutely. yeah, I had to, I had to work through that. It took a solid week for me yeah. <laughs> to work through that. Was, was just, just because now that's piqued my interest, just without going into details about your personal space and your personal process, was that mm-hmm. you stepping away from everything, stepping away from your computer? What, what did that, what did that, soul searching or what did that kind of look like? I mean, how did, what, how did that week go down? That sounds like a memorable week. It was, yeah. I think it was what we touched on before, like experiencing these very strong reactions and emotions to the idea of filming myself and putting content out with my face on it. Um, And just paying attention to that going, wow, okay, that's a big reaction. Why am I feeling that way? And realizing that I have this really deep-seated fear of being judged by people in Christian ministry, which I 100% know that's not true. (laughs) But that was obviously this really whacked out thought that I had in my head. And it got to the point where I was like, well, hang on a minute. I have friends who are hairdressers and concreters and they're Christians and I don't judge them for not working in Christian ministry. Why would I think that other people would judge me if I switched into a different thing? Cause at the end of the day, it's just a job slash business. Like it's, it doesn't define me. It's not who I am as a person. It's not part of my identity. Um, yeah. But that took me a while to work through. So part of that was having conversations with my husband. Part of it was praying. Part of it was journaling mm-hmm. and sitting in those uncomfortable feelings until I got to the point of going, Ah, stuff it. Let's go. <laughs> great, great advice. Great. I can, that's so crystal clear and um, such a, an honest and real, um, you know, uh, story of, of, of how you found hope. It didn't just, lightning didn't just strike. I mean, I, I was talking, speaking of Christian ministry, I was talking about um, uh, something I heard from T.D. Jakes the other day, which I is, love that guy which is that God doesn't make picnic tables and chairs, people. He just makes trees. And we have to figure out or see, <laughs> see, yeah. right, the gift mm-hmm. right in front of us. And yeah. then we have to do the work. In order to get the hope, it doesn't mm-hmm. just the, – the, the, I mean, look, I've been looking for a burning bush my whole life. Haven't only burning bush I've personally ever found was one that I set on fire. Yeah. Well, it's like saying like, you know, someone's like, God, help me catch the bus, but they're not running for the bus. Like, <laughs> right. God's giving right. you legs. Use right. them. You know? Right, right, like, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Use them in, in, in these mm. powerful minds and all these, these wonderful people around us that we can, we can lean on. We, and if we aren't feeling support from our spouse, then that 
something that we need to look at. Hey, what part am I playing? There's just so much to finding hope. It, mm-hmm. it usually doesn't just find you. You find hope. I've mm-hmm. found hope. I've got hope through the actions that I've taken and through looking at the tree and seeing what I can build with the tree. Mm-hmm. And choosing to invest in that. Absolutely. Leah, the wonderful conversation. So many wonderful compliments to you. Amazing um, speaker. Please. Such uh, authenticity in 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 um calm and gentle authority, not not tyrant, you know, yelling <laughs> and screaming, but clearly boss babe. I've I've seen that in the um so I'm wondering Aww. Yeah, you know, you've got it. You've got it going on for Mm. you. I'm hoping to come out to a mastermind soon. So I would love to see everybody in person. It's just a bit tricky to come from Australia. (laughs) Of course, of course. All in due time. All Mm. in due time. It won't be tricky one day. One day it'll be a lot simpler than it is right now. One day it's all going to slip together, and it's going to be the perfect timing. And I'm going to come up and shake your hand, and it's going to be great. We'll still be here. And you, as long as you stay consistent and stay on the mm-hmm. path that you're on, um, I'm sure you'll be making your your way around the world and meeting all the people and seeing all the places that you want to see along with your family. And I look forward oh, to that for you. Thanks, Dave. It's lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you too, Leah. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for coming on, my friend. Thank you so much for staying up until 1.15 in the morning. with <laughs> Worth us. it. Thank you so much. Seriously. Thank you so, so, so much for an absolutely wonderful wake up legendary show this morning and have yourself a legendary slumber tonight. (laughs) I will. Don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my friend, we'll talk to you soon. See you later. All right, my friends, there you go. You can follow Leah at she's working smart on Instagram. She's working smart. S H E S working smart. She's working smart over on Instagram. Go follow Leah. Be inspired. Follow her journey. The powerful part about these shows is that you get to, you know, hear the behind the scenes story of somebody who maybe uh, you're watching 15 or 30 second videos and maybe it looks easier. You think it came natural or you think that, you know, um, it was just uh, a, a bolt of lightning that 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 gave them, you know, the courage or the the you know the the camera presence or the words. But I promise you, my friends, it's all practice. It's all staying with it. It's all sticking with it. It's all um, continuing to try to find where can I grow and looking at each moment and saying what can I learn from it. Not using situations as a reason to convince yourself that you're not worthy, that you're not good enough, that it's not going to work for you, but to walk away from each situation saying, what can I take from that? What can I learn from that? How can I get better? And that's exactly what we heard this morning. So thanks again, Leah. Wonderful, wonderful talk. Thank you again for staying up late. And thank you all for being on with us for an hour and 15 minutes this morning through this wonderful show. We'll see you back here tomorrow for another episode like we always do. This is Dave Sharp signing out. Get out of here. Peace.